0: On this episode of Reliterated, you are confronted with a choice. Do you hit stop on this podcast and go back to a world of preparations for Thanksgiving and Christmas? Or do you listen on and keep spooky season alive for just one more week as we choose our own adventure in a story so horrifying and brutal It went down in legend as the scariest choose-your-own-adventure ever written and kept unavailable to the general public for decades. Also, it may or may not be appropriate for children, but it's perfect for us. Clock into the graveyard shift as we read Escape from the Haunted Warehouse on Reliterated, the podcast that did the mash. It did the monster mash. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of three grown-ass men reading the children's books popular in the 1990s but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers, so before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. This week, We'll only be spoiling one or two different endings that this book might have. None of us have read it yet, really, because it's a choose-your-own-adventure week. Yay! We're back with another choose-your-own-adventure. I'm Andy, and back with us- I'm (laughs) Harold.
1: And I'm Josh.
2: (laughs) Sorry to me to cut you off there, Andy.
0: (laughs) That's okay. I know. You're You're excited to be back. We're excited to have you back. I'm excited to be back
2: yeah Chop, stopping
0: so at the it's, bit it's exciting. we're all back again been off having my own adventures for a couple weeks, yeah, some choice adventures. I hope you're not you're not actually dead. you weren't actually afraid of bats.
2: well, I don't prefer bats um but <laughs> I you know no I'm not particularly afraid of them. I will say though that uh I was glad that you guys went through the whole story with Janelle on the last episode because I actually didn't even read the book this time, which is why I oh. <laughs> I backed out on you guys at the end there. <laughs>
1: You're lucky. You're the fucking lucky. The truth comes that- out. Oh, that book is... Awful! Oh, <laughs> oh! You made me oh, think about it again. I hate you. Oh. I think uh, book is Maybe trash. we'll do an
2: episode. Uh, maybe we'll do a solo episode for me in the future, where I'll read Bionic Bats of Bay City, <laughs> <and> just talk <laughs> about it, and I'll do a "Don't Get Harold Started" for about half an hour about it.
1: <laughs> you know what you should do for punishment? You should read it to your children, <laughs> and then well, get oh their gosh.
2: reactions. We don't want to be abusive.
1: They're like, when are we gonna get to the part about Bay City?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are they bionic
1: bats? <laughs> I thought bionic meant had robotics in them. Yeah, Bruce
2: would start building one out of Legos, and I'd be like, no, that's too bionic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're sp- they're just supposed to be bionic like, not actually bionic. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, he just couldn't call it the big ass bats of Bay City, which would make more sense. But that, yeah, that yeah. would have been better. Right. But no, we had a we had a fun episode with Janelle, our special guest host.
2: Yeah, and I I think I mentioned this to you guys, uh there was a B story going on uh during the last episode and that was that was actually Janelle realizing <laughs> that doing a podcast about books from the 90s is not as easy as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Or sounds rather,
0: <laughs> yeah. She went uh, fairly easy on us. Yep, <laughs> with her with her reviews. <laughs> but no, she had, she had fun too, and she did do a good job. Yeah, and we loved yep, having she her. Did.
2: On. I, I I enjoyed it. I actually am looking forward to an episode maybe with her in it and me being involved.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't don't say that too loudly because I'm sure she's hearing this and all excited and it's like yes, can we go right now? Let's go. Let's do another one. Let's go right now. Yeah. <laughs> but actually. Bionic Bats was not from the 1990s. Oh, that's right. It's the the early, the first decade of the 2000s.
1: It was the early aughts.
0: This book isn't from the 1990s either. No, it's not. Josh, you picked a book that was published only six years ago.
1: I was trying to go for the spooky factor. I wasn't so much going for the time period because it's just choose your own adventure. And it says it's from the Lost Archives. So I. From the Lost Archives. That's what it says. Hmm.
0: That is, yeah, that does have something to do with what I found on the choose your own adventure website that says this legendary book circulated among a select few who claimed it was the scariest choose they had ever read. Then the book mysteriously disappeared. But now in 2015, it's back. And in 2021, we're going to choose our way through it. What, what's it called? A lo- You said it was a lost what?
1: It was from the Lost Archives. and it's Lost
2: Archives. And
1: it's called Escape from the Haunted Warehouse. And I have read through it, quite a few different endings. And yeah, there are some, <laughs> there are some straight up like, whoa, did not expect that. <laughs> endings.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing how wild this is. Apparently it's like the scariest, uh, choose your own adventure that some people have ever read. So, mm,
2: okay.
1: I really hope you don't go down this one route because it's not, <laughs> it's very boring, but the other route is pretty fun. I'm not going to tell you which one, us. cause I, I also, <laughs> guiding us. I read this like two months ago when I got it. So <laughs> I don't remember the choices
2: we're making up for the last time Andy and I were in charge of the adventure cause Janelle went hard on us. <laughs> about how our choices are so bad.
0: Yeah, we didn't even uh, encounter any ninjas. And why? Because we were
2: responsible enough to not create a butterfly effect, which is in direct reference to the Ashton Kutcher movie as whoever H.P. Right. Wells or whatever H.G. Wells
0: wrote about, too. You right. Know,
2: <laughs> based on the physicist.
0: Not Based on the movie, Sound of Thunder. Yep. <laughs>
1: Not the movie, yeah, the, short story. the short story. The movie story, Sound of Thunder yeah. no, was the terrible. No, the short story
0: was based on the movie. It just went back in time.
1: Right,
2: about the guy that he was the last man on Earth and were vampires everywhere, and he had to try and stop them all. Yes, we, knows,
1: <laughs>
2: we know
0: what we're talking about. This is not off the rails. <laughs>
1: what rails? <laughs> of course
0: it
2: is. <laughs> were there rails? I didn't see uh, any. There's no rails on the Choose Your Own Adventure <laughs> uh, episodes. So, we were just trying to be responsible and not screw up the timeline. Yeah.
0: This is for 2020's hindsight. We're looking at these, ki- these kids' books as adults, and this is, that was the adult decision to make. It was. We're not going to fuck with the timeline. No. Nope. Uh, now, the Overdue podcast, a more popular book club podcast that does kind of the same thing that we do. Uh, they did do that book, and they did go back in time. And E-X, I'm not gonna just say Don't spoil go, it. go and listen to a different podcast, but you can listen to that episode of a different podcast, and it's fine because they listen went back in time, and we didn't because they're irresponsible twerps.
2: They're irresponsible, and and here's the thing: <laughs> this is how like. This is how these paradoxes get created. People going back in time and choose your own adventure books. So we will not be doing any time traveling tonight, no matter what.
0: If that choice comes up. mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah. No, you don't fuck with the time stream. Yep. Now, escape from the haunted warehouse... Uh, was written by a dude named Anson Montgomery, and he has apparently written 14 choose-your-own-adventure books over the years, including such hits as Your Grandparents Are Zombies, Your Grandparents Are Werewolves, Your Grandparents Are Spies, Moon Quest, and Your Grandparents Are Ninjas. A lot of those had a, the common theme of the moon in them. Yes, like werewolves and the yep. moon. Yeah. Yep. Moon Quest. Ninjas are sometimes seen in silhouette against the moon. Right?
2: Spies often moonlight as something else in order to get information.
0: Very good point. Yep. Yep. He likes the moon. Anson, Moon, Uh,
2: Zombies, Night of the Living Dead.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Night. Yep. We're to thread that together. We did good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got them all, man. <laughs> we got them all. <laughs> uh. So let's get started on Escape from the Haunted Warehouse, and we will turn it over to Josh for that as our narrator for this week.
1: It's actually very interesting. There's a map at the beginning of this one, which is strange. And it does have that intro, but the intro gives a little bit of it away. So it's like the, you know, don't read this uh, straight through because that's not how it's how it works.
0: Because so, it will make sense.
1: Yeah. And uh, on opposite page one is a newspaper ad for a want, like a wanted ad, which I didn't know. I don't think those exist anymore. Do those exist in newspapers, wanted want ads? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I haven't picked up a newspaper
2: in probably <laughs> 10 years. So exactly. so I, I'm can't like, I don't know if
1: this is real or not, but I know what they used to look like, and it looks like that.
2: <laughs> I would imagine that. If I went up and got a newspaper from the corner store tomorrow, that it would have want ads in it. And I might actually
1: do that. Mm. Mm. As long as it has comics, it's probably worth it.
2: I mean, it's like, what, $2.50 for a Sunday edition? Uh, no I, clue. I,
1: again, I haven't bought a newspaper ever, so.
2: <laughs> I'm going by 10 years ago. It's probably $7. <laughs> some
0: shit. Right?
1: <laughs> Seven fifty? What the fuck?
0: <laughs> and it's absolutely full of ads. Yeah, just ads everywhere.
1: Ugh. Yay, capitalism.
2: Well, we worked that one in too, didn't we?
1: (laughs) Alright, why don't we get
2: started on our adventure here? Yeah, let's
1: get started. Alright, so, page one. As strange as the ad was, you are desperate enough to find a job that you decide to take a chance. Your gas tank is running empty and the night is dark as you drive past the old crematory on the edge of town. Pulling up to the huge hulking form of the mostly dark warehouse, you feel a twinge of fear. Why am I in the middle of nowhere at midnight, you ask yourself? But you enter the strange building complex anyway. There is no one in the front room, but there is a neatly hand-lettered sign that says, Warehouse, interned applicants this way, with an arrow. You follow the sign and knock on the open doorway of a small, old-fashioned office. Stacks of paper and a corded telephone are the only things on the desk except for the nameplate. Warehouse manager, Mr. Del Grady. A man is writing on a sheet of paper. He is slight, oldish, and deeply pale. He wears a striped suit and a skinny tie. Come in, you're late, he says without looking up. Uh, I don't think so, you reply. He looks up at you and gives a short laugh. Ha! You're late for the graveyard shift. It's 12.01, after the witching hour. You nod in response, not knowing what else to do. Go to the next page. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> l- that's what his uh, voice sounded like as soon as i started reading it so that's what it sounds is.
0: exactly like the type of person who would take out uh, an ad in the classifieds <laughs> exactly it absolutely for, <laughs> does for a job opening
1: you'll be moving items boxed up from place to place in the building mr grady explains as he shows you around the huge darkened warehouse you'll be busy he adds with a sharp laugh there's lots to move We aren't shipping around out from the warehouse, just moving around inside of it. Why, you ask as you follow him into a cavernous storage area with the metal shelves rising far above your head into deep darkness and far off into the distance. Well, yes, of course. We do ship things, sometimes. You see, Mr. Grady says with a long pause before continuing. Certain items need to be in certain places at specific times. We are a very specialized storage and delivery warehouse. We send things to movies. Hollywood, you know, props, scenery, that kind of stuff, he explains. Ah, here we are, he says as you reach a red door with the word employees only, stenciled in white. This is your locker room. You'll change into your work uniform. Um, Mr. Grady, I'm not sure I've actually accepted the job yet. I haven't even filled out the application, you say. Is that so? He says, turning to face you in the weak red light from the caged emergency bulb above the door. It feels like you're already part of the family. Anyway, you'll be perfect, he says, opening the door to the locker room. Turn to page four. As you navigate through the dark warehouse several days later, you wonder, why did I take this job? You needed the money for tuition, not to mention books, school, supplies, gas, and food. After your weird interview, you scramble to find something else, anything else. A job at the pizza parlor fell through, and your Uncle Charlie couldn't afford to bring you onto his landscaping company because work had slowed down for his crew. You are a true night owl now, spending your days sleeping and your overnights in dark hallways, pushing thousands of pounds of boxes and crates from storage room to storage room. From the day you had your interview until now, everything seemed mysterious. The only cool thing is the powered hand lift that you use to move all the stuff from place to place. The model B200 powered hand truck with the stencil Beware One for the warehouse number one is your only company most nights. Okay, so yeah, it's it's your front, basically. Your assistant, Beware One, helps you lift this powered uh, hand truck? Yeah. <laughs> it's so called yeah, uh, the It's B-1 called Beware whatever. One.
0: Beware One. Yes.
1: So, your assistant, Beware One, helps you lift huge pallets and zip them around. Occasionally, you find yourself talking to Beware One as if it were a person. You use your hand to steady the load you've just scooped up. The boxes are too long to fit on the pallets neatly. Sweat starts to drip into your eyes and off the end of your nose. It has been a hot, humid summer, and you wish that this latest heat wave would break. Hot tonight, Beware, you say out loud. Turn to the next page. The dim, flickering lights that line the hallway give everything a spooky look, and you can't wipe your sweaty face because you need both hands to guide Beware when he's all loaded up. With all the mass on your buddy, it's hard to stop once it gets moving. The first few times you had to move a big load, you would bang into the walls and go side to side like bowling ball with kitty bumpers in the gutters. But now you have gotten the hang of it. You know when to apply slight pressure to move the beware in the right direction. This is familiar. (laughs) Why do we need to know how beware works? Uh, Sorry, having flashbacks to filler from another book. It's important to
2: the story to know how Beware works because Beware is probably going to be integral from here
0: on out. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be our close companion and best friend throughout this adventure. So,
1: Ooh, okay, it's it's laying some groundwork. Okay, good. Well, we're answering the important questions.
0: Right, so. it's not like we're explaining how hide and seek works <laughs> 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 to not come back to it ever again.
1: Yeah, uh, what's in these boxes? You wonder for probably the thousandth time this summer. No one has told you anything about what the warehouse holds. You have not learned much more from the company since Mr. Grady's explanation at your quote-unquote interview, but at least they pay you well. Mr. Grady scheduled you for the graveyard shift from midnight to 8 a.m. so that everything would be in place for the next night. You've only seen Mr. Grady twice since. I'll be in my office down the main corridor, and my door is always open. He must amend that figuratively, as every time you've passed by it, it's been shut with no light peeking out from under the door. <laughs> The, The warehouse is a huge complex with a vast underground network of tunnels connecting multiple buildings. You and Beware One work alone, but sometimes you hear machinery running in other buildings while you work. Boom, chunk, crack. Occasionally, you see dark shadows or silhouettes in the windows in other buildings, but you never see any other workers. Each night, you go into the empty locker room to find a list with helpful highlighted maps of what you are supposed to move from location to location. Every spot in the warehouse is labeled with numbers and the names. Move Usher Crate 21 to Room 13 in the Winchester Complex, or take Borden Box 40 to Drag Slum Slot 12 in the Lori Building, but there's never a description of what's inside. Your Revere is broken by a scream, or howl, coming from the doorway directly to the left of, the, of Beware. Oh, yee! Turn to the next page. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> the cart crashes into the wall and the wooden pallets stacked with cardboard boxes crunches and breaks. You have to dive to keep the boxes from sliding off and hitting the floor. The howl scream stops for a second, but then it starts again. Is it a person or an animal crying in pain? You try the door, but it won't open. Unlike many of the other locked doors in the warehouse, this one does not have a padlock and the door itself is a flimsy one with loose hinges. You might be able to break it down if you really tried. Or you could go get Mr. Grady. He has all the keys to all the rooms. What should you do? The screaming starts up again. You have to do something. If you try and break the door down, turn to page 20. If you decide to get Mr. Grady and the key, turn to page 33.
0: Um, well, if you break something, you're probably going to, like, you're on the hook for fixing whatever it is you break. What Like, what if this is nothing?
2: Right. What was,
0: uh, give me the choices again.
1: If you try to break the door down, turn to page 20. If you decide to get Mr. Grady and the key, turn to page 33.
0: And was this sound coming from behind the door?
1: Correct.
2: Okay. Oh, Uh, man. I mean, like, breaking down the door sounds like something a criminal would do.
0: (laughs) Just at the first, yeah. Hmm.
2: You know, just someone screaming behind the door. I mean,
0: you got to go notify the uh, the man in charge, right? Right. Let's go see if we can get Mister Grady then.
1: All right. Yeah, with the key, get the key. All right. We will pay- turn to page thirty
0: three. We're responsible. I feel like
2: I feel like in horror movies they always make the mistake of rushing in, and next thing you know, you're getting eaten yeah. by some alien creature. Don't go in half cocked. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, you want to go in full cocked. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta <laughs> come in. You got a full cock it, man. You come in there.
0: <laughs> Go in there with all the cock you can muster. Yep.
1: Leaving the beware and running as fast as you can, you head towards Mr. Grady's office. By the time you get there, you are out of breath. Knocking at the door, you gulp in great big breaths of the humid summer air. There is no response and no light shows beneath the door. Deciding that you can't wait, you give the doorknob a try and silently open the door to Mr. Grady's dark office. Flicking on the light, you see Mr. Grady lying on the floor. He isn't moving. Mr. Grady, you say, fear making your voice sound shrill in your own ears. Are you okay, Mr. Grady? Gasping loudly, Mr. Grady sits up from the waist as though he were sitting in a car seat that is being brought up from a... Full recline. What? Who? He says, blinking and turning his head towards you, his voice is dry and raspy. Mr. Grady, you say, are you okay? Why are you on the floor? There's something screaming in one of the locked rooms. Huh? He says, what room? What kind of scream? I don't know, you reply. Down the hall. It sounds like someone or something is in pain. Well, we don't want that, he says, laughing. He uses Why the didn't edge you break the
0: door down? <laughs> <He> <laughs> <uses> you should have <laughs> broke, yeah, broke that door
1: down. <laughs> he, he uses the edge of the desk to pull himself up and shakes his leg and wiggles his foot. Must have lost blood flow to my foot. I need a minute or two for the pins and needles to pass. (laughs) Take the master key. Mr. Grady says, handing you a large ring of keys. The key that he's holding is deep black, so black that it's it is shiny. I'll be right behind you. You were hoping that Mr. Grady would go along with you, but you have no choice but to run ahead by yourself. The sound has stopped, and you can't remember exactly which room it was coming from. They all look the same. You hear something coming from the hall behind you, and you look over your shoulder to see a limping dark figure coming towards you. You feel a cold flush of fear, but then the figure passes under one of the dim lights, and you see that it's just it's Mr. Mr. Grady. Grady.
0: His foot's still
1: asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you turn the, the lock of one of the doors and open it Glad that you are not completely alone The room is dark and you fumble for the light switch The screaming noise is coming from a metal desk in the middle of the room It's a doll A red-headed doll holding a knife in its left hand while screaming Tiny mouth moves from the warbling of the howl Backing away from the doll, you bump into Mr. Grady as he comes into the room. Oh, that's all it is, Mr. Grady says as he picks past, as he moves past you and heads right to the doll. Picking it up, he turns it over and fumbles with the bag for a second. The howling stops. What is that thing, you ask, your voice shaking? It's just a doll, Grady says, walking towards you, holding out the creepy doll for your inspection. Don't worry, Charlie won't hurt you. It's just, it isn't a <laughs> real knife. Here, take a look.
0: Charlie the murderous doll. No shit, <laughs> and it does look
1: like the Goosebumps doll. Um, oh. I'm trying to think of what his name is.
0: Slappy. 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 It does
1: look like Slappy, and it, mm. yeah, the knife is blood has blood on it and stuff.
0: But clearly inspired by Chucky.
1: Yeah, the doll's eyes are wide set with enormous pupils, and its smiling ra- mouth has red drops of blood trickling from the left side. Even though you can tell that the knife is plastic, you don't take the doll from Grady's outstretched hand. Turn to page nineteen. Charlie here is from a movie that was made years ago. This office belongs to our chief financial officer, Otis Tool. He handles all our bills and payments. Not sure why he had Charlie here in his office, Grady says, putting the doll back on the desk. Maybe someone else in finance was playing a pr- prank on Otis. They sometimes get carried away with their little games. Um, I think I need to sit down or take a break or something, you tell Grady, still a little scared from the screaming doll So sorry that you got caught in the prank war, Grady says But we really have a lot to do tonight I could get you a pill for your nerves It'll make you feel better What's in the pill, you ask, only considering it because of how upset you are can I just lie down <laughs> in the break room? Maybe you don't need this job after all, and you can go home and never come back if you don't feel better soon. Well, I suppose Greedy says, but I prefer it if we got everything done first. The pill is just a homeopathic remedy—nothing dangerous or illegal. Oh, oh my! <laughs> 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 fucking ecstasy! <laughs> He's like, here, <"You're laughs> just take <laughs> this. I made it myself.
0: Tell me we have a choice. To <laughs> take if you this push pill.
1: Mr. Grady to let you lie down, thinking you might instead just go home, turn to page 32. If you choose to take the pill to settle your upset nerves, turn to page 63.
2: Oh, yeah, let's do the drugs.
0: <laughs> Someone offers you homeopathic medicine. I mean, that's the first instinct is you gotta go with it, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Like, give me the pill.
1: I mean, its it'll help you from not get COVID. I mean, we, we just learned that, right?
2: Is that, <laughs> yeah, that, how, is that what it isn't is? Isn't
1: that what happened with Rogers? His, <laughs> his stupid ass? I'm vaccinated with homeopathic things that Joe oh, Rogan said to medicine? use and, and crystals. <laughs> crystals
2: <laughs> well you know the power of crystals is compelling uh, compelling and mysterious <laughs>
0: the power of crystals is compelling
2: yes did the crystal and... lobby get
1: to you harold
2: <laughs> <laughs> the crystal lobby oh, now we got my God. a shill
0: for big crystal over here yeah
1: <laughs> so are you guys gonna do the drugs or say no to the drugs oh no
0: I we're doing the drugs yeah let's I, pop I that think. pill make us interesting yep. All right. Fuck yeah 63 boring
2: warehouse I'm glad we didn't break down the door, though. See, the responsible decision was the right
0: decision. Right. And then the completely irresponsible decision is our next decision.
2: <laughs> I do not think that taking drugs to make work go better is a responsible decision. <laughs>
1: uh, that's because of where you work, Harold. <laughs> uh. So, you take the small white pill from Mr. Grady and choke it down without any water. Wow. Uh, Almost immediately, you feel a soothing warmth spread from the middle of your being to the tips of your tingling fingers. Betta?
0: One pill makes you smile.
1: (laughs) Speaking of, have you guys seen the new Matrix trailer? Yeah. I have. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, it looks good. I shouldn't be, but I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Betta, great AS with a lopsided smile. Now we can get back to work.
0: Is it written in that accent?
1: I don't know, but <laughs> that's how <laughs> like, Grady is it talks. Written,
0: like is it spelled like B E T T A?
1: No, but or, that's it, fine. Oh. <laughs> that's how Grady talks.
0: That's just your uh, your little English that you're spinning on it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, like even the Sopranos some or something.
0: Uh, yeah, totally. Take the pill.
1: <laughs> now we can get back to work. Lots to do before morning. We have all sorts of productions going on in the next few nights. Sure, you respond, slurring a little. Let's go. Uh, let's go okay I gotta go off on a little story Uh, this reminds me of the time that uh, I well what
0: could this have reminded you
1: (laughs) I got into a car accident uh it was very icy and I got into a car accident and I had not smoked. I had, I had taken a break from, from uh, this was in college, and I was taking a break from the marijuana. And so okay. after that evening, I got home and Harold, being the great friend that he is, was like, hey, Josh, you know what would make you feel a lot better? If you smoked this weed with me. And I was like, you know what? You're <laughs> right. It would make me feel better. And then we proceeded to try to make a giant snowman, but it was too big. And so then we just made it into an ant. And then we won third place and got $50 off our rent. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I all about that. Wait. And so, like, this, the pleasant haze reminded me of that evening, because I had a pleasant haze that evening. And that night, Harold got mad at me for being lazy again, and I didn't care. <laughs>
2: I believe that's because I built most of the snowman myself. You did.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. I was I was just sitting under the patio smoking cigarettes.
0: So how how was there a, a contest involved? So, oh, because
2: the apartment complex was having a contest for uh the best snowman would get you money off your rent.
0: <laughs> Where the fuck did you guys live? Waterside, Waterside apartments of Saginaw. Saginaw. Okay.
2: Wow. It was also the early two thousands.
1: Yeah, it was it was crazy. We used to have a lot of parties. It was fun. Yep, it was like but
0: a yeah. big SVSU uh, residence there. Yeah, Oh, yeah, yep. a bunch a bunch of college kids from there. Yep.
2: <laughs> God, I don't want to go off on a tangent in the middle of the choose your own adventure episode, but. <laughs> The One of the first parties I went to after moving in with Josh uh, for that summer, because I wasn't 21 yet, I was only 20 when I moved in there, and I went to this big party, We remember we had to cross the street, cross McCarty there or whatever? Oh, yeah! and they had all left and I was totally hanging out hoping something cool was going to happen and I'm like "Uh," and all of a sudden someone knocks on the door the door opens and it's a fucking cop and I'm like and I was walking towards the door with a beer in my hand I set the beer down turned left and just walked into another room and (laughs) it turned out that the guy that answered the door was going to law school and he fucking read the cop the riot act and the cop had to leave and as soon as they pulled out I like, was like, well, see you later, and walked home. <laughs> That's my <IQ>. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, he was slurring his words before yeah. going to do this next job.
1: Yeah. The next few hours pass in a pleasant haze. All of your worries from before have dissolved into the warmth of the pill. What? what uh, what is it what was it you wander but in a, in a way that really matters you move boxes crates pallets and racks from one part of the warehouse to another you're productive and happy you zip along with your friend the beware electric handcart or you have the strength to lift many boxes by yourself time seems to slow and speed up at the same time part of you feels that you have only just begun while another feels like you've been doing this task for days months years and centuries you home a happy little song to yourself. What a great guy Mr. Grady is. Then everything starts to darken. At first you think it's just the lights, but they stay at the same brightness. Things seem thicker, darker, scarier. Your heart beats faster. Turn to the next page.
0: So this is a book for children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs>
0: And we're popping pills and having a nice pleasant haze here. Children
2: in 2015,
0: man. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. Right. Got to adjust for inflation.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) You look up and around you. You are in a large stage area somewhere deep below the main complex. Ceiling rises high above you, and boxes are piled all around, but directly in front of you is a trailer-sized wheeled platform with a grand staircase set in its middle. The broad marble steps lead down to a black and white checkered floor. The only lights in the large room are from weak bulbs widely set apart high above. Everything is dim, except for the woman in the brown dress floating down the staircase. Who are you? You squeak, dropping the box you had in your hands and backing away from the advancing glowing woman in the brown dress. She does not say anything. Her face is mostly covered by a veil, but her eyes appear as empty holes of blackness. You notice that the brown dress sparkles too brightly in the dim light. She reaches the bottom of the stairs and floats over the checkered floor towards you. Turn to the next page. (laughs) Stumbling backwards, you bump into the back wall. You look over the door, but the woman in the brown dress has left the platform and has floated most of the distance across the floor to where you are. You are shaking. Reaching around desperately, you find a broom that is leaning against the wall. Grabbing it in your hands, you hold it in front of you like a sword. Stop! You yell as the figure pauses for a moment before moving towards you again. What do you do? If you choose to attack the floating brown ghost with a broom, turn to page 78. If you decide not to anger the ghost by attacking it and instead try to talk to the ghost, turn to page 98.
0: Hmm. Do we attack or do we talk to the
2: ghost? (sighs) I mean, I feel like if, if we attack the ghost...
0: We just popped a, a pill. Like, <sighs>
2: uh, So, if we attack the ghost, the ghost could have ghostly powers and possibly hurt or kill us. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, running away doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: But our choices are to talk to it or attack it, right? Well, I mean, I would just run away
2: instead of talking to it. So, I would say let's... I don't what would make us want to attack it like what reason would we have to attack it I haven't it seems like talking to it would be the more interesting because I mean if it comes at us then we
0: know we can throw hands then right yeah. but what? what's the situation does she look threatening Josh
1: Uh, it does not it, it doesn't say that she's threatening but you are shaking and it might just be because of how it is but no she's just uh she's advancing towards you she's a glowing woman uh doesn't say anything her face is covered by a veil but her eyes appear as empty empty holes of blackness she's got a sparkly dress she's coming towards you but it hasn't grabbed you or anything
2: Hmm. how do you even attack something like that i mean (laughs) i say we at least talk to it for a moment like i I've,
0: i've got an idea ray all right, just follow my lead.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, get her. Right, get her. Yeah, that, I've seen that movie.
0: We know, 86 times. <laughs> <laughs>
2: At least. At least. Oh, that's a small guess.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, let's wait to see what she does.
1: So you're going to not turn back in anger, you heard her say? Turn to page 98? That's an Oasis reference, you guys. I do
2: Yes (laughs) No We'll just We'll just say Hello Talk (laughs) All right
0: We'll try to talk Our problems out
1: What do you want You ask the brown lady Floating in front of you You're still holding The broom in front of you Who are you A chill wind from nowhere blasts you in the face as a ghost speaks to you. Rainum, she says in a too loud voice. You drop the broom and cover your ears with your hands. Well, what? The brown lady comes right in front of your face. There's nowhere further to back away, so you stare into the darkness where her eyes should be. With one hand, she takes the veil away from her face and leans in. Beside her non-existent eyes, the rest of her looks fairly normal. She's almost young, with smooth white skin and a long thin nose. Her lips have a brown color that matches her dress. Radom! Radom Hall! We're late! Though extremely loud, the woman sounds normal. Oh, crap, it's an English woman's voice, and she sounds angry. Radom! Radom Hall! We're late! Though extremely loud, the voice sounds normal. An English woman's voice sounds angry. Whoa, hold there, madam, you say, dropping the broom and putting your hands up to ward her off. She stops. I can't help if I don't know, you say. My lady, please! The brown lady says to you in a socially cold but normal voice. You stare into the dark pits of her empty eye sockets. There is nothing there but blackness. I am a countess. My lady, you croak, what do you want? Lord Townsend will be very angry. He is most unpleasant when crossed. I am late. My brother, the Prime Minister, is coming for dinner. So is Lord Wharton. There is bound to be a quarrel. Okay, you breathe. Slow down. You're not late for anything. In fact, we're early. I'm taking you there right now. Lord, um, Townsend won't be angry. You don't know him, then. She tells you, turning and moving away from you. Warmth you didn't realize was lost comes back to you as she recedes. But take me then to Wraitham Hall. We can't be late. You follow the brown lady down the hall. The dim light makes her subtly creepy glow brighter. What about the stairs? Don't you have to stay with them? You ask as she floats beside you as you walk down the hallway. The thought of running is the real, only r- real thought in your mind. She turns to you with her empty eyes. The stairs were fakes. Props for a mama's face. Farce. Couldn- could not you tell? Come with me, we must meet the countess! So saying, the brown lady stops in front of a nondescript metal door with heating pipes and insulation running around the jam. Without anyone moving, the door opens by itself. The brown lady grabs your arm in a freezing grip and pulls you through the door. On the other side is a long stone hallway with roughly cut and dressed walls. Lanterns with weak yellow oil lamps burn lazily within are spaced at long distances. You have to run to keep up with the ghost holding your arm in its freezing grip. Then you are pushed through another door. The brown lady stays behind as it shuts up with a loud clunk. Locked up! Locked up! Read them hall! Look around you, your eyes are immediately drawn to the ornate bathtub set in the middle of the room. It is on a raised dais with a white leather covered bench next to it. Red liquid steams from the tub. The smell of hot blood assaults you. You'll need to excuse the countess! Oh, this is different. Uh... Okay, so it says a woman with a heavily Eastern European accent.
0: <clears throat> oh, boy.
2: <laughs> Here it comes.
0: <laughs> what does Josh think an Eastern European accent sounds like? <laughs> I want to mention that the
2: uh, I, I missed it at the moment, but I don't want this to be called out on me. But you did mm-hmm. say, she comes right in front of your face. And I was <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah And then and then immediately after she comes in front of his face, he recognizes all this detail about her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um to put you guys all at ease, I am uh, a good chunk Eastern European, so uh I know so how So
2: what you're about to do is not racist. <laughs>
1: nope. I, I I know how I do know how the Roma speak. So uh You'll need to excuse the countess. Says a woman with a heavy Eastern European accent. She is late. Nice of her to bring you here. She is dressed in a bejeweled dress like those seen in old paintings of royalty. Sapphires and pearls cover much of her upper half and a blue dress flares out before dropping. She is young and beautiful and clearly dead. I am Countess <laughs> Bethary. You may have heard of me. Turn to page 115.
0: I love that description. Clearly dead. <laughs> Only she doesn't know it.
1: <laughs> you don't answer. You just stand there uh let's see
0: this is what we get for talking (laughs) to
2: ghosts yep it's a it's another boring story where we're hanging out with these ghosts now they're like we need to do our laundry like motherfucker
0: (laughs) well yes i will take a blood bath
2: (laughs) what was your adventure well we did some laundry for a ghost (laughs) popped a
0: pill and got led by a couple ghosts
2: I swear I looked out the window at one point and there was definitely
0: some ninjas in the woods, but... (laughs) (laughs) Please let there be
1: ninjas. We'll be good. Lady Townsend wanted to have you shut up and never let out, but I said no. Thank you, you stammer? No need to thank me, she replied, smiling a chilling smile. Locking you up and waiting for you to die and turning you takes too long. We are late and Gretty will notice if we tarry too long. No, we need to make sure you die much sooner than that. My bath is almost, but not quite full. Watch out, you yell, pointing behind the countess, not knowing what else to do. I'm not dumb, the countess replies. There is only one door. As she says this, the door opens and two soldiers come through it. They grab your arms and hold you. So what do you choose? Heights or fire? It will be a test. You get to decide. Am I not gracious? Let me go! No, of course not! The ghost replies. You just get to make the choice on how you die! You decide to play along, if only to buy time to keep the ghost or her henchman from attacking you immediately. If you choose to be challenged by heights, turn to page 26. If you choose to test by fire, turn to page 68.
2: So, the last time we were faced with heights was in The Magic of the Unicorn. That's when you guys went out on that ledge chasing the bat. Mm Mm-hmm. A very possibly bionic bat. (laughs) By the way, now there's, we know. No, yeah, because no it
1: of... didn't have any robotics in it.
2: <laughs> no, but, but it was bionic like. It was bionic like.
0: That has nothing to do with this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we were up on a ledge, and what happened? We fell. I mean, we broke, and we broke, both broke our legs. legs. Yeah, broke both <laughs> our legs. So, should we be challenged by heights?
0: I don't know. The other choice is fire. Maybe it's a ghost fire that doesn't hurt us.
2: It could be. I mean. Fire, you know, is at least something that's manageable. I don't know. For me, try and get out of a fire or try and walk along a high ledge.
0: I'm, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll go with your judgment on this one. Shit. Um, my instinct is telling me heights. Okay.
1: All right. We will go to page 26.
0: But apparently, like, she's your own adventures likes to kill you off with, uh, with heights. Well, no, I say let's, we go for it let's we're due for for a win with heights. Let's yep. go, let's do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you stand on a catwalk high above the floor of a storage hangar. Large machines hulk below you in the purplish glow of the cheap mercury vapor lights. Countess stands behind you, with a long spear. She pokes it at you. You move away, but the catwalk ends. Now, climb toward the light. If you make it, you get another test. But if you fall, then you'll be dead. You rush at the Countess, batting aside the spear with a desperate strength. She just reaches out with one hand, and you fall down, twitching. Now climb to the light. You climb towards the buzzing industrial light, but it is far away. Hand over hand, you inch forward. You hold on to a too thin support, and you are only a few feet when the metal dips and pulls away from the ceiling. You fall to the floor, and wake up with Mr. Grady standing over you. He is sweaty and looks scared. You're awake, he says, grabbing your arm and helping you up. The room seems to be spinning. You were falling. What happened? You both say at once. Turn to the next page. Mr. Grady takes a breath and says, You were just standing there and blam! You mumbled something and fell to the floor. When did this happen, you ask, thinking about the brown lady and the countess? Just now, not more than two minutes ago, he replies. Maybe it was the pill you gave me, you ask, shaking your head to clear it. That was just a breath mint, he tells you. Honestly. The end. <laughs> what?
0: That's an ending? That was oh one of the my endings. God.
1: fucking
2: challenge by heights. <laughs> <Those> <laughs> there we go. You
0: in. But it didn't kill us. It was just a hallucination. Yeah, yup. We're Son fine. Of a bitch. But that doesn't explain why we had a hallucination off a of Breath Mint. It doesn't,
2: because we went to the heights and we fell we left the 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 way that we should have gone and we went splat right into nothing
0: <laughs> but we were actually falling from like a standing height <laughs> 2 minutes after popping that breath mint why, why why did we have the hallucination in the first place my
1: guess is that cuz we're in a
0: haunted warehouse my guess is that you
1: were uh you had food poisoning cuz that happened to me one time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got really bad food poisoning. I had hallucinations. It was crazy.
2: <laughs> Remember when I got food poisoning and felt like I was dying? That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, food poisoning's awful. So I don't know. I feel like we should go see what Challenge by Fire is. There's yeah, no I way it's save about it the breathman because
1: I saw that that was going to end, and I was like, I think we should go to Fire, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't no, want to no. skew it. So. Is
0: is that how far back we want to go, or do we want to try to attack the ghost? and try to get
1: you to can actually the... just do this one and uh cause I I looked at the if you attack the ghost that ends it too ha
0: right after that choice yep okay okay
1: so instead let's do choose the test by fire
0: alright trial by fire wait do we have a do we have a slide whistle
2: I don't have it on me right.
0: right now I'll dig up the sound effect okay
1: okay cool <laughs> ooh you can make a spooky sound effect a spooky slide whistle <sighs> <laughs> What the fuck would that sound like? <laughs> well, it probably, it was, it's probably it's it's probably more like a, 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 a was that that weird electric instrument a, a theremin?
0: Oh, uh, a theremin. A- all right, I do have a recording of Harold's slide whistle. Oh, I okay. do not have a theremin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sounds like we know what we need to invest in, a theremin. Yep. That's
0: what yeah, we let's, need next. Theremin. Let's start a Patreon so we can afford a theremin. Yeah. So we can have the jump back noise for spooky season. And we,
2: we can't just find that sound effect because we need to personalize it. You know, yeah.
1: like
2: my slide whistle work is yep. very personal to me unimpeachable and
1: yeah my harmonica is right up there with some of the greats like you know billy joel uh bob dylan i don't know who else plays the harmonica bruce willis
0: lannis <laughs> <laughs> said. <Morissette>. i've literally <laughs>
2: never heard you play harmonica
1: I I didn't play it well. I just have one.
2: <laughs> I actually tried to look it, it up, and
1: I was like, "Oh, I have a toy." If I wanted to, I'd have to go buy a real harmonica, and I just I don't feel like doing that. So
0: he just pulled it out for the something wicked episode. Yep. This is the this is the trial by fire. You are yet again listening to us <laughs> talk about music related
1: <laughs> things. Okay, right, so let's yeah, jump back. back. Cue
0: the slide whistle.
1: Cue the slide whistle. 68. Fire might be my favorite, the Countess tells you. The light, the heat, the smell of burning flesh, it all warms me to the depths of my soul. The only problem is no blood, always sacrifices. You're the one who killed all those children in your castle centuries ago. You're a monster, you yell. Of course I am, she says with a light, light laugh, tossing a burning brand from the brazier at her side directly towards your face.
0: Whoa. Yeah. From from her brazier,
1: yeah, a burning brand from the brazier. <laughs> <laughs> Alliteration.
0: I'm into that. <laughs> Isn't that pronounced brazier? I don't know. <laughs> no, brazier, Bras- like her bra, right? B R A Z I E R brazier yeah, brazier brazier not brazier yeah that's it's pronounced brazier
1: oh okay whatever brazier <laughs> no it's, it's
0: brazier she, she pulled a flaming brand out of her bra let's go with it okay cool yeah <laughs> this is a book for children
1: <laughs> it sure is <laughs> You are standing atop a pole on a small wooden platform in the middle of a castle's courtyard. Below you, at the base of a pole, a fire made of bundles of sticks burnt with a sharp heat that hits you in waves. Oddly, the waves of smoke do not appear to coincide with those of heat. You duck the flaming missile. Oh good, the Countess squeals, clapping her head together like an excited five-year-old. We have one who wants to play. Using a pair of tongs, she grabs another burning brand and carefully places it into a flared metal scoop on the end of a stick and launches it at you. This one misses low and falls into the fire below you. Normally, you're not one for trash talk, but you figure that you have nothing to lose by taunting her. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she'll get mad and keep missing. Airball. Nice shout, Connus, you yell. (laughs) Waiting for the fire to do your work for you? The Countess does not respond. Instead, she calmly loads another missile into her launcher. Just as she's about to let go, a bony hand grabs her forearm. Burning Brand pops forward a few y- feet and sputters in a small puddle in the courtyard. The thick wooden door behind her opens and you see a dark figure of Mr. Grady come out. Look dismissive at the soldiers and proceed towards the Countess with long strides. He seems taller. He also seems angry. Enough, Countess, Mr. Grady says, taking the launcher from her unprotesting hands. Go back to your, uh, D-E-M-E-S-N-E. What is that word? What was it again? D-E-M-E-N-S-N-E.
0: Demence?
1: Okay, go back to your demands. Yeah. <sighs> but Grady. No buts, Countess. And it's Mr. Grady's. So to you, I outrank you by three degrees, Mr. Grady says before letting her go and pointing to the two attendants. You and you, douse that fire and get him down from there. Countess, remove yourself now. And if you don't, I'll lock you back up. Fine, she huffs and turns to go. Her soldiers bring out buckets and douse the fire. Mr. Grady helps you down from the pole with a ladder. Everything goes dark. "'You're back in Mr. Grady's dingy office in the warehouse. "'The mug full of acrid instant coffee "'shakes against your lips "'as you slurp down the too-hot liquid. "'Are you okay?' Mr. Grady asks. "'His mud-six untucks on his desk. "'You think of a talk-show host interviewing his guests. "'Okay, I don't think I'm okay.' what was that? What's going on here? Who are you? What the heck was the countess? Please tell me this is a dream. Can I go home? No, this is not a dream. And yes, you can go home. As to the other questions, you have a choice to make about that. What happened tonight was not planned or desired. You stare at Mr. Grady for a while. His eyes are dark and he seems much larger than before, but not any bigger physically, just more of a presence. Thank you, I guess, you know, for for saving me from her, you say after taking another large swig of Horrid coffee? From the countess, I mean. You're welcome. But I would be a horrible supervisor if I let you be annihilated while on the clock. Mr. Grady gives his usual creepy laugh. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's a good one.
0: He's actually kind of sounding like he's played by Christopher Walken.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You shiver even though the sticky summer heat is making you sweat. He seems to realize that you don't appreciate the humor and stabs his laughter short before continuing in a more somber tone. You were supposed to be introduced to the quirks of this job gradually, not in such a dramatic and scary manner. So you get a choice that few, if any, ever had. What choice? You can either go home, never return, your memories will gradually fade, and you'll consider this to be a particularly vivid dream. Eventually, even that will fade, but trust me, this is no dream. Turn to page 57. Or, you ask Mr. Grady, pauses. Mr. Grady pauses for what you consider to be a long time. Or you can talk to my boss, the head of this warehouse, and have any questions you have answered to the best of our ability. What's the catch? Knowledge is power. That is true. But sometimes we should not want to know everything. The truth can be disturbing. There are things that should remain unknown. Like what? This is but a small example, consider it merely as in- indicative. But do you want to know everything that you have eaten by accident? While true, you may not find it appetizing, Mr. Grady says before changing his tone to a more businesslike one. That was late. We've gotten almost none of the scheduled work done for the night. What do you wish to do? Are you the monkey who has to know, or are you the sheep willing to graze into obliviousness? If your curiosity and demand for knowledge outweighs your desire for home, turn to page nine. If you decide to get out of the warehouse and never come back, turn to page ninety-three.
2: Yeah, clearly, we're going for page nine.
1: Yeah, because ninety-three definitely is a end. Oh yeah,
2: is
0: that the decision that you want to steer us away from?
1: Yeah,
2: I don't want to go to. I don't want to go to the go home. I want some answers? <laughs>
0: choose to go home or go to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to page nine then.
0: Let's. We choose adventure.
1: You couldn't live with yourself if you did not at least try to unlock the secrets of the warehouse by meeting its mysterious owner. Odd choice, Mister Greedy says. You may wish the can- Countess has finished her job. They laugh. It's getting only more annoying with repetition. <laughs> Love it. Way better than mine. Look, Grady, I'm tired and you promised answers. Make it quick or I'll just leave. I wish it were that simple, he replies, standing up. Follow me. Thinking you made the wrong choice, you stand up, planning to walk out the door, and just go home anyway, but you find yourself walking down the hallway with Mr. Grady. You feel or you are floating. Soon, you are in an area that you have never been to before. Mr. Grady leads you down and down. The railing of the stairwell is wrought iron. It gets hot as you reach a landing and come into a furnace room. Piles of coal are heaped up all around the gigantic room. Six different furnaces are going full bore. Men shovel coal into the flaming mouths of the furnaces without stopping. The air is smoky and smells of burning coal. You come to a door that says, Administrative Head, Mr. Torrey Purga. Grady opens the door and you follow him inside. <sighs>
0: Tori Purga.
1: Inside the room it is cool, sweet smelling, and white. Oh yeah, uh yes, Tori Purga. T-O-R-Y-P-E-R-G-A.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get I get the <laughs> There you go. It's very thinly veiled. Yes. Yeah.
1: Inside the yeah. room it is cool, sweet smelling and white. A black desk straight in front of you dominates the room with its darkness. You think it might be carved out of a single piece of black granite, onyx, obsidian, or maybe jet. A man in a well-fitted dark gray suit stands in front of the back wall which is displaying a variety of security camera views. Spreadsheets, documents, and charts. His back is to you. Um, Mr. Perga? Mr. Grady says timidly after giving a slight cough. He seems nervous in front of his boss. We hear, I mean, about the situation we had earlier tonight with the countess. You know. Turn the page. Indeed I do, Grady. Indeed I do. Replies the deep voice of Mr. Perga. Crap. Indeed I do, Grady. Indeed I do. Replies the <laughs> deep voice of Mr. Perga. <laughs> I am a tenor. I am not. I don't have a deep voice. Uh, so. <laughs> Crap. Sorry. Crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do the best I can, but again, I am a tenor. I sing the darkness for fun. Uh, (laughs) 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 He waves his hand at the back wall, and it transforms into a mirrored service for an instant before turning into a long view of what you believe to be the Tuscan countryside. Olive groves, red tile villas, and mountains dominate the view looks very real, and you see trees swaying gently in the breeze. But for a moment, when the wall was a mirror, you locked eyes with Mr. Perga through the reflection. He had a dark beard, neatly cropped, with a handsome but remote face, and a nose that cut down the middle of his face. His eyes were black, blacker even than Mr. Grady's. You did not like meeting his eyes. Your hands start to twitch. What happened tonight? Oh, <clears throat> what happened tonight, you ask along a little aggressive- you are still scared from the whole night so far. Mr. Grady said I'm not dreaming. but well, I think this has to be a dream. What is the warehouse? Why am I here? The best way to answer those questions is to ask you one. What is your name? Mr. Perga asks, still keeping his back to you. A strange fog in your head prevents you from answering automatically, as you have so many mi- times in the past. You struggle for a minute. Well, my Uncle Charlie couldn't give me enough work this summer with his gra- landscaping business, so I started work for Mr. Grady. I didn't ask you about your Uncle Charlie. I asked your name. Some other questions to consider are these. How long have you been working here? Why is it always summer? Where do you live? You try to remember. It feels just out of reach. I don't know. You finally respond. You feel empty, drained, and even more scared than before. Why can't you remember your own name? Maybe it is amnesia, like in a soap opera. We are the warehouse for those things that can't advance. You are relatively new. Only manifest... For a few years, Mr. Perga explains. He clasps his hands behind his back. The murder in the storage warehouse was so traumatic that you became stuck. It was a workplace rage thing. You barely knew him. He killed 13 people before the police shot him. What do you mean, my murder, you ask, feeling the edge of a memory? A loud noise, then silence. We decided to integrate you into your present reality and measured manner. Mr. Perger answers, not explaining. Your work in the warehouse, staging the props for the performances, was intended to slowly give you the basis to understand your situation. Clearly that didn't happen, and for that I apologize. The Countess are more troublesome than all the other haunts combined. They enjoy tormenting those weaker than themselves. But that's not true! I'm not some stupid ghost, you blurt, your heart racing in your chest. You're not stupid, Mr. Perga replies. But you are a ghost. He turns towards you, and there is a nothingness where his face should be. It hurts to look at it. Feel the back of your head, then get back to work. We're behind schedule. Numbly, you feel the back of your head. Your hand touches the sharp edge of the hole in your skull. Feels the wetness of the soft matter within, and drops to your side. You wipe the blood on your pants, turn, and get back to work. The end.
2: That was probably the coolest ending that we could have possibly gotten.
1: Nice.
0: This is a book for children.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guess yeah. what, asshole? You've been murdered in a mass <laughs> shooting. At a work at work rage thing. It was a work rage <laughs> thing. Like, what? <laughs> and now you work for Perga Kamatori. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh my god, that's crazy, yeah. At one point, were you killed the like as part like in the ch- i didn't catch everything was were you working at the warehouse when you died yeah. or
2: yeah no you were you were working at the warehouse and somebody came in and killed 13 people and you were one of them huh and because it was such a traumatic thing you get stuck so they were trying to like you know integrate you like
0: hey you're here at work this is what's going on you know <laughs> that's wild i feel like the premise of the story is Like, different depending on which branch you take. Maybe, but
2: I think that even I could see, as he was telling that ending, I could see how those other ones work to it. You take that breath mint, you have that crazy hallucination, you know, Mm -hmm. and it ends up only being two minutes. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy.
1: If you guys decided to go home instead of uh, finding answers, this is what happened. Mr. Greedy, I just want to go home. I understand. You must be tired as a corpse. he laughs. You don't. Not bothering to get the few things you have in the warehouse, you sprint to the parking lot. You accidentally peel out as you drive away from the warehouse into the warm darkness of the night. How will you ever forget what happened tonight? It doesn't seem possible to forget the bathtub of blood. Eventually, the memory does fade. You transition from believing that you dreamed the whole experience in the warehouse to not remembering it at all. Years pass. Life goes on. Castles and charcoal barbecues make you sweat nervously, and sometimes you wake up feeling like you are burning and choking on smoke. Only once did you wake up in the attic amidst the wasteland of your old financial records scattered about around you. How could pay a pay stub for $1,500 from Spectrum Specialty Warehouse LLC with the note hazard pay bonus countesses mean anything if you never worked for a company like that? It doesn't make any sense. The end. So that's what would have happened if you just would have went home. Hmm. Not as fun.
2: Not as fun at all.
1: No. Nope. That was a cool ending that you guys got. So <laughs> there are some other really good endings in this in this story. So again, I, I, I say let's put it on the back burner, possible future Patreon episode. Yeah.
2: No, so. I'm done with that. I think I think even like I was thinking uh, for those ones where you want to read a specific choose where you go, you know, this is the one I like the most. Just do one and read it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll go through it and then, uh, yeah, then be like, nope, you guys have to choose this this way this time. <laughs> <laughs> the authors choose your own adventure only. Force the
0: adventure of my choice yes. onto you, adventure. So. <laughs> yeah. This was a good one, though. I like this one. Yeah, I thought yeah. so, too.
1: And yeah, that was that was scary <laughs> for kids. Holy crap. yeah no
2: that was a little bit like the reaching back and touching the exit wound so like that you have to assume that there's an entrance wound in his forehead
1: (laughs) a bathtub of blood Harold there was a bathtub of blood
2: yeah there was a bathtub of blood at one point yeah that's (laughs)
1: crazy
2: (laughs) yeah and a bra
0: the flaming brands from the bra Yeah, but no, that's wild. Yeah, that was a crazy story. So, yeah, we're ready to wrap this up then.
2: (laughs) We should actually just end it after that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of the
2: crazy story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, we can't get out of here without talking about what's next.
1: That's true. So, what's next, guys? Oh, I know. We're going to talk some more. We're
0: going to have our talk episode, our fourth talk episode, recap the spooky chapter.
2: Should be fun. I will read Bionic Bats of Bay City
0: between now and then. Oh, nice.
1: Oh, it's real bad. You'll get, it's real bad.
0: <laughs> and we'll uh, get Harold started on uh, on his on his little rant about it. We'll do like a mini mini episode of a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> yep.
2: No, I feel I feel like I owe it to you guys to at least read that episode or read that
0: book. Yeah. I also want to take a field trip out to that baseball field that I think may have been the setting for this book, like if Jonathan Wren actually did his homework and I don't know maybe shoot something for the uh for the social media that sounds good to me, and we're also going to uh to watch the adaptations of uh of the books we covered this chapter.
1: Ah, yes, I'm excited to watch the Goosebumps one because I don't remember it at all.
0: I believe that's a two part episode. Uh, Horrorland.
1: Yeah, it's worth it.
0: I think so sure. as well. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. And then there's scary stories to tell in the dark, which was a recent movie and uh something wicked this way comes
1: that one's not actually streaming anywhere for free i don't think maybe on youtube we can check youtube see if it's on there
0: yeah, well we'll track it down we'll find uh, it i don't mind paying a, a few bucks
1: well, it's not even that it's just you can't find it it should be on disney plus but because it's owned by disney but it's just not there
2: hmm it's weird maybe it s- sounds like a conspiracy mm, mm.
1: does but anyway, so Anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to sign off for this week. We'll see y'all next week for reliterated reiterated number 4. Until then, support your local libraries and independent booksellers and give a shit, read some lit.
1: Thanks. Listen to Handy. Read a book.
0: This has been reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgia-enthusiast friends, and rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Audible Podcasts. Those go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. And don't forget to engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. You'll find us at Reliterated on all those sites. Or send us an email at reliterated at gmail We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Handy.
1: From The Tick. I'll post a picture of him on Reddit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you have to explain it with something you post on Reddit yeah, yeah, no, well
1: maybe right. Harold should yeah. stop stealing my still, thing still, still, I still nobody's refuse. gonna understand <laughs> maybe
2: Harold should stop stealing my thing
0: every time he says things <laughs> I have to come up with something
1: else and so I have to do it on the fly that's what I got so <laughs>
2: man I knew like 30 minutes ago that I was doing it too <laughs> why didn't you
0: foresee it josh
1: because i wasn't thinking about it because last week he wasn't here and i didn't have to think of a, a different language
2: and that's what i was banking on <laughs>
1: <Asshole>. <laughs> let's
0: bring janelle back
1: yeah harold you're fired <laughs> oh man i was
2: replaceable the whole time <laughs>